Welcome to this week's Priority Now podcast, encouraging women to become better disciples of Jesus. Every week we hear from women just like us that are being intentional to know Jesus more and to make Him known. Here's your host, Carmen Halsey. Hi, ladies, and welcome to this week's Priority Now podcast. Today, I'm joined by Debbie Giacomo. Debbie Giacomo is one of us, an Illinois Baptist woman, woman, not women. I guess we're women together, right? But I met Debbie several years ago. Um, Debbie, I'm thinking the first time I met you was actually at Super Summer when they put me in a in a dorm with you for a week, and you taught me a few things. But but say hello to our women because I want them to get to know you today. Well, hello. We're glad we're glad you're here. Um, Debbie, specifically, the reason I ask you to come in today, I always like to try to set the stage for the women because we just platform us, Illinois Baptist women, and we tell our stories. We say we're ordinary women with an extraordinary God. Um, but what I, the reason I am excited about you being with us today is just how I've watched, just from my view, how God has positioned you in areas of influence in, in our culture, in that, in that public arena. Um, but if somebody didn't know it, they wouldn't realize that a lot of those you went there out of obedience and volunteer roles. So I'm excited to to let the women hear a little bit about that. But before we do, tell them about you. I know you go to Oak Grove at Pinckneyville, but tell them a little bit about who Debbie is. Well, um, my husband and I have been married over 40 years and we have five children and eight grandchildren. And um my parents are both living and uh, they're struggling right now. I'm just glad the snow's melted and we can get out. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, well, go ahead and let them hear a little bit about where God's had you working the last five years. Talk a little bit about your, your role in the public school. Well, actually, about 15 years ago, um, the superintendent at the time, uh, had a newsletter and in it she asked for parent volunteers so I went to the school and met with her and um, I was fingerprinted and background checked and I spent the first years I was there mostly sitting in a teacher's workroom making copies or laminating or or whatever and the superintendent asked me if I would go get uh, take a work keys test to become a paraprofessional so I did that, which allowed me to get into the classroom. So she used me as a volunteer in the classroom. After a while, an opportunity came up with the in-school suspension room. They needed someone in there. So I went into the in-school suspension room and then began working with the school nurse, filling out records. And uh, when I ended last year, I was uh, working with the school nurse full time, five days a week. And just helping with the day-to-day activities, paperwork, whatever she needed done. Also, um, a few years ago, was asked to coordinate an after-school um, homework program, a mandatory study tables program for students that were struggling. See, ladies, why I was so amazed when I first met you and heard some of your story. I didn't realize it was a volunteer role. Yeah, and- actually, part of, part of the time, though, in in-school suspension, and when I first started working with a nurse, I was paid part of the time. Eventually, as I could, I kind of weaned off of that, just kind of myself. And at the end, it was full-time volunteer. That I just say, praise God. That just amazes me. And with that, though, 
the access that you had to the programs and, you know, and, and the behind the scenes in a public school system, which shows us with the right relationships being built and God opening doors, some of those relationships that we can build into our local public schools. That, that just fascinates me, fascinates me. Um, and I'm grateful. I'm grateful for that. Now, I've also saw you, of course, you're a friend to IBSA. And for years, you, you obviously have administrative skills in that servant's heart. So I also know that for years you have been part of the faculty at Super Summer. But Debbie, a lot of our listeners don't even know what Super Summer is. So this is your chance to, to, to speak into those women across Illinois and let them know why Super Summer is something they need to know about for the students. Well, a lot of people look at it as a camp. It's, it's more than a camp. It's a week we spend on a college campus. The students are divided into groups according to what grade they've completed in school. So they're learning with students their own age. They have individual classes that they take, but we also break out and have different electives they can take. But it's more, it's intentional discipleship and training our young people and encouraging them to, to follow God and do what he wants them to do with some mission opportunities also. Ladies, it's probably one of the best kept secrets here that IBSA is connected with. I remember, Debbie, when I was invited, Tim Sadler was over it at the time, and he just invited, why don't you come hang out with us for a week? And you all put me, um, I forget the right role, like a room mother. But I remember you all taught me, and you know I was able to interact with those students, and but that allowed me to get to know you too, and see just how your heart, just servant's heart, how it expressed itself and um, to the to the volunteers, to the students, and it was wonderful, which is what's going to lead me to my next question. Obviously, you have a heart for students, and you see the students. You see being in the public school and then interacting at the um, with Super Summer, and I just know you and your heart for students. Why do you think that is? And I'm, what I'm hoping is that you can paint a picture for us as women across the state to why why these are opportunities, why students are open for us to build relationships and pour into them, and why that's so important. There's a lot of things. You know, I think when we look at young people, we don't give them enough credit for who they are, and you can't can't really understand who they are unless you build a relationship with them. You can see a hundred students walking down a hallway and not know that probably 99 of them might be dealing with something at the time if you didn't have a relationship with them. You know, it, it might be you're not the person that God's called to go step in in that situation, but you might have the resources and know who to send them to. Our students just need people to show a little interest in them. If you say hi to them, they might just make their day. Would you say that the public schools are a mission field? Yes. I've been thinking about this, you know, it's discouraging when I hear people say they've taken God out of our schools. There is nothing a more incorrect statement than that. It's not that we've taken God out of our schools. We just don't see him in our schools. We have a lot of Christian teachers in our schools. You know, there's worldly things in the school, just like everywhere else. But if we continue to say they've taken God out of our schools, then we're not open to the opportunities that he has for us in our schools. That's a good statement. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's let that be a segue now. Um, you were volunteering and, and very common to put in, what, nine, 10 hours a day in a volunteer row, five days a week. But now that's shut down. So do you, because this is my friend, right, who's always watching to see where God's working. So does that mean you're just sitting home and twiddling your thumbs then thinking, well, I had a plan and now I don't have a plan? Well, I'm sitting home, but years ago I had a I had a shop 
Uh, we live out in the rural area and my dad has always had a business. So a few months ago, uh, my sisters and I got together and formed a little craft business that's at my home. And uh, I'm busy now doing stuff for that and things. What's your vision for that, Debbie? You know, God doesn't do anything just to do something. He's got a purpose behind it. And I may not read the purpose right. I don't know. But uh, I've spoken to a few women about when the weather gets nice, you know, try to have a Bible study or hand out scripture cards. I've just been busy writing a name, phone number on the back of some scripture cards to hand out and just little things. But see, I love that. You make that sound so seamless, but you're always watching. You, like what you just said, um, God's not, God doesn't do something just to be doing it. So you, you don't get bent out of shape when life puts a little bit of a curve in there. You just sort of like in anticipation of, well, how's God going to use this? And you lean in intentionally. And uh, can I just say obedient? I'm going back to experiencing God. And, you know, it's talking about when you see God work, that is your encounter. That's an encounter with God. And that's an invitation to join him, which means it's important what we do next. And I watch you demonstrate that, you know, it's like, okay, God is sovereign. This, this didn't catch him by surprise. This was ordained. Now, how am I going to respond to that? And I love that about you. Yeah. And as I look back, you know, over the years, I've always loved crafting and God has allowed me to build a stockpile of fabric and yarn and things so that I could probably make things till I die and not have to buy hardly anything, maybe thread to sew with or something, you know, so I can make things that I don't have to go out and spend money to put together. I don't have to sell them at an outrageous price, still get an opportunity to share a little bit. Have you figured out a way to reconnect with those students? Through that craft shop of yours? Well, I have. <laughs> I have a granddaughter who's in high school. And uh, I just had a young girl in here a while ago, probably junior high age. And my granddaughter paints. She makes jewelry. And she makes handcrafted cards. And she has them in our shop. And the young girl was asking me all kind of questions about her today. So I don't, I don't know where that'll turn to, but we'll see. That's neat. That's what I mean. You're always watching. Just as he, well, the ladies can probably tell just by listening to you, you're always just like, okay, I'm just as calm and relaxed. And, you know, whatever comes, the pressure is not on you, it's on God. So that's. Yeah. And the first painting she brought me has a Bible verse on it. So she she will put scripture verses on her pictures and things. It's just really neat to watch that in your grandchild. Uh huh. Praise God. I know you're real close to them. Um, you said you've been married 40 plus years. Mm-hmm. Um, And I know your husband's getting ready to retire. Yes. I I hadn't planned on asking you this, but I'm going to, because I remember you telling me 40 plus years, but you have a date night. Is it every week? We try to. And actually for Christmas, our children got us this big basket full of gift cards to go out to eat. That's cool. I just remember that even pre-COVID. And you were just saying, yeah, so was it Friday night's date night? Friday or Saturday, even both. And during COVID, you know, we ate in a lot of restaurant parking lots. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Um, okay, speak into those folks out there listening that may be struggling in a marriage right now. What kind of encouragement could you give them, Debbie? I I think we're still learning because life is changing for us. And if you can't change with those changes, and, uh, you know, I was thinking the other day, you know, we're still growing closer and closer and closer because 
Our conversations change now. We have no children in the home. We've been uh, empty nesters for a year now. And just the spending time together. And it's been hard during COVID because my husband would work out of town. And I was here alone for a long time. And I, I thought, too, when we were young and we got married, people weren't taught, I don't think, about marriage like we uh, should have been, you know, you kind of got the starry eyes and young and in love, but you, we weren't really taught, you know, this is a lifelong deal. We, we wanted that and we knew that, but there were a lot of things I don't think we were taught that um, we've had to grow into. And we're, we're just blessed by God to be placed uh, with some people that, that taught us along the way and stuff. So. Praise God. Praise God. Now, ladies, if you're listening, don't miss what she said. 40 plus years and they're still growing. And my husband wasn't saved when we got married. Something that came later, you know, that yeah. wasn't something that was stressed as we were younger. But that was that that was God watching over us. And, you know, he knew the plan he had. Praise God. Praise God for that. And I echo that. I'm just so grateful that because Keith was not either, and I'm so with you, and many of you listening may have been the same way. Um, I was in and out of different churches, but I, I don't know that I was ever really discipled, and that's not me pushing, you know, throwing anybody under a bus, but I definitely had not heard the yoke unyoke, you know, and I can see the importance of that, you know, I can see the importance of that, but I wasn't thinking that or thinking I was being disobedient at the time, and when I look back, oh, how gracious God was to answer prayers and call Keith to him, just like what you're saying, Debbie, is just is huge, huge. Yeah. And some of the first experiences I had with true discipleship when my husband and I were discipled together and experiencing God, mm. you know, things like that. See, now that music to my ears, Debbie. I mm. love experiencing God. To me, that is so foundational. Ladies, I cannot not give a commercial. If you have not done experiencing God, man, check into that. Reach out to me. I promise you, you're going to hear a little bit about that and priority this year. If we get to have, you know, if we short of Christ coming back and priority happens, you're going to hear a little bit about that. As a matter of fact, a um, little commercial, Richard Blackaby will be joining us um, through a live interview a little bit on that, you know, during priority um, because it's so practical. It just gives such practical steps to how to, you know, to live engaged. And to me, sometimes we talk, I was talking to somebody earlier today and um, we talk in abstracts, you know, this, that. I said, it just helps me so much when somebody says, here's what that looks like when it plays out in my life. It just helps give me a starting point of what it what it looks like tangibly. And then we went on from that and did uh, Master Life together. Mm-hmm. And that was years ago before it was in the four book form. It was in the old notebook type thing. You had to have a a teacher that had been through and certified and things like that. Yeah. So Debbie, what does discipleship look like for you right now? Personal discipleship. I'm involved with our women in association. We began a Bible study. Uh, we've only got to have one since COVID and our next one's probably going to be pushed off because of COVID just to where it is right now. Uh, our churches are getting back in. I personally have a deep hunger for me just to get into something. I did a couple of courses you offered through IBSA uh, with women, and I'm still in contact with a couple of those women. That's good. Ladies, I'm going to lean in again if you're listening. If you're not currently plugged in, because we know the pandemic has just, you know, really created a lot of, I don't want to say brokenness, but your normal has been shook up. 
And a lot of folks, you know, have had trouble reconvening or like what you just said, Debbie, they try to start a group and it's not worked for whatever reason or they just can't get a rhythm. If you've not been able to reconnect in some sort of a small group um, or there's not a place for your ladies to reconnect, please reach out to us um, and let us maybe listen and be able to, you know, be able to talk you through because there, there are some resources that we have that may benefit you, you know, to, to be able to put those into your hands and help you get a small group going. Um, Debbie, also, we've got some new resources that we can put to the hands of churches and help them create, or not create, but do some online studies. It, it could fit whatever the church needs it, needs it to fit. So I'm glad you brought that up because I don't think you're the only person that's struggling with that right now. You know, and I had, uh, and I shared this with our associational women when we met a couple months ago, I had to completely take my quiet time of the morning and change it around. I had to get out of the rut I was in and do something different so that I could get a fresh approach and, and do things. So that that's a good word. Sometimes we have to, right? That it just to, just to change mode. So I'm I'm like that a lot of time, just my space. But if I'm if my space is off or there's extra people there, you're right. And there's something about doing that radical shift sometimes just to sort of jump start it. So that's a that's a good word. That's a good word. Um, okay, I want to ask you about something else because I also know you're in a season of life that a lot of our listeners are in. And it's not easy to start with and COVID's made it harder. And you referenced the fact that both of your parents are living, praise God. And um, you said it's kind of a difficult season right now. And I know you're finding yourself in a caregiver role, you and your siblings. And I know that's hard. I know that's hard. I don't really know the question I want to ask related to that as much as talk about that a little bit. You know, what's hard? How are you handling that right now? Because I think there's a lot of folks that, like I said, they're in those shoes and they just don't know where to reach out for help. Yeah. Well, first of all, we weren't prepared legally for what we're going through now. Uh, my dad, he just turned 82 and he gets around well and and he's fantastic with his mind and, and everything. My mother will be turning 81 and that's just a totally different story. She has Alzheimer's. She's pretty much completely bedridden. She knows me sometimes and sometimes she doesn't know me. I was up there today and uh, she didn't know me. She doesn't know where I live and I live just pretty much next door to her. Mm -hmm. uh, she didn't know about my family mm -hmm. anymore most of the time. It, it, it's hard. Uh, it, you know, it's hard to see someone who had been going really strong here a couple of years ago and now she needs someone just to take care of her, sure. which has fallen on my dad. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's going to be hard on him. And I have three siblings and we don't always agree. You know, and very hard. I, we all want the best for our parents, but there's almost a 20 year age difference in from me being the oldest to the youngest. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to see things the same when you're in different seasons of your life. Yeah. But yeah. we still love each other. We just may not like how we act sometimes. And, you know, we're not going to give up. Um, I know you're connected with other, of course, we're connected. So you're very much um, connected with Illinois Baptist Women Community. You lead an associational team, you know, so your churches are connected with Illinois Baptist Women. And I know you're connected with the other churches. But that's a good reminder to ladies, if you're listening, we are a community. And it's not just about what happens in the four walls of your church. It's about what happens in our lives. And life gets hard. And just like we've heard Debbie talk about several seasons of the life that she's went through, 
we're not just here for um, your church. You are the church. We're the church. And so if you're not connected with us, please connect with us. You can follow us on Facebook at Illinois Baptist Women. You can find us on Instagram at, at Illinois Baptist Women or um, come and connect to our resources on our website at ibsa.org backslash women. And the reason I always like to plug that is, Debbie, some people are they're struggling in, in a season of life, just like you were kind enough to share, and they, they don't have support. They may not have siblings or they may have siblings, but you know they just don't feel like they've got that support, and they're just carrying that on their own. And sometimes just to have somebody that says, man, I see, I get it, and that's what the community does. So ladies, reach out to us if you're not connected, um, and especially if you're in that caregiver role. There are, there are folks we can connect you with. There are resources we can connect you with that just can help you have that moment like, oh, I thought it was just me. I thought it was just me. There are tangible resources that can help you. Yeah. And, uh, Sandy Wisdom Martin had sent me an email a year ago and I emailed her back on the anniversary date and she does podcasts too. And I wanted to let her know that they did one on Alzheimer's. Yes. I got to listen to the husband talk about his yes. wife. And while I may be a child in that situation, you know, there were a lot of good things yes. that I heard and, you know, it helps to know other people go through the same things you go through. Yes, I believe that was David George, the um, that was connected with the foundation. That that that's the story of him and his wife right now. Yeah, excellent, excellent, excellent podcast. As a matter of fact, I connected with him too shortly after that, um, Debbie. And for um, just for our audience, we're that's some of the resources we're working on is like some of under our wellness initiative that can just put resources in the hand of a church. Because think if we're living that. How much of an outreach opportunity could that be in our communities? You're not the only one living it. And, you know, people are hungry to say, give me some support. And I think the church could so become a lighthouse. Um, and that's one of the areas that people are, they need the help. That if all we have to do is maybe somehow open the door that they know we're there. And I think it's a bridge into the church. Exactly. And it's tough for us as Christians to deal with these things. And how much harder is it for someone who doesn't have a Lord in their life? Absolutely. Absolutely. That is a good word. If you're listening, ladies, we'll tag that particular podcast. Um, WMU does have their podcast. Um, I believe it's On the Journey is the name of theirs. And we'll we'll tag that episode because that's a good way for you to get introduced back to their podcast. So, Debbie, I'm glad you brought that up. That's good. Well, Debbie, I am grateful that you were with us. And I know that you had second thoughts because you're like, I don't know that I'm for this or I'm the person, Carmen. I'm like, you're the exact person. And because that's what we want to do. We want to spotlight us. We're just ordinary women, which typically means what? We think, why would you want to talk to us? I don't have anything to offer. And you all have a story. And Debbie, I thank you so much for sharing some of yours, just some girlfriend. I know we just touched on a surface, but I thank you so much for sharing some of your story with us today. Well, thank you, Carmen. All right. Well, we'll be in touch. Ladies, again, if you're not connected, get connected with us. You can watch. We're going to have, we'll connect that WMU podcast episode in our episode notes. And Debbie, we're going to go ahead and tag your church also in the um, in the episode notes in Facebook. If somebody wanted to reach out to you and say, can I pick your brain on something? Is that okay with you, Debbie? 
Yes, it is. Super. And ladies, that is an opportunity that you've just been extended. So don't be bashful to, to reach out. And I will say this before we close. Debbie does serve. She works in the leadership of an association of women's team that they're very involved doing. Um, they work together as an association of churches. And I know you do a women's conference, but you also do the Bible studies. So you guys, you guys reach back into those churches to try to identify who are those women and how can you build the relationships for the purpose of encouraging and sharing resources with each other. So I'm grateful for your work there too, Deb. Thanks. All right. Thank you so much for being with us, Deb. And ladies, thank you for joining us this week. And we'll see you next week on the Priority Now podcast. You've been listening to the Priority Now podcast with host Carmen Halsey. Resources mentioned today are listed in the episode notes in the podcast app. Stay connected with us through social media and our website, ibsa.org slash women.